uh, we were um, just getting around, getting ready to, to head this way when we got a phone call from Gary, and he said, you know, we think we're, we're not going to have church today, and, and um, we were certainly a little bit disappointed in that, but then later when we saw just how quickly the snow came and how uh, bad the conditions uh, declined quickly, uh, that probably was the right decision to make. And so uh, we're glad to be able to have some sunshine and uh, the snow gone and be able to be together today um, and share with one another as we approach this Christmas week and the celebration of the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Undoubtedly, over the last few weeks and uh, probably already here today, and certainly over the next few days until Friday, there is a question that we all hear. People always ask, what? Are you ready for Christmas? Are you ready for Christmas? And we hear that question, and, and most of the time, most all the time, when that question is asked, they're asking, you know, have you decorated your home? Have you put up your lights and put up your tree? You know, have you sent out your Christmas cards? Have you bought your gifts? Have you purchased those? Are they wrapped? Are they under the tree? All of those types of things. Uh, have you, uh, you know, attended festivities and activities? Or are there still some of those, you know, that are ahead of you this week? Those types of things. Are you ready for Christmas? We think about that this morning and what that question really means to us. When we hear that question, sometimes we get this response. Well, no, kind of, you know, yes, but I'm having a hard time getting in the Christmas spirit. Ever heard that? Maybe ever said it yourself, you know? We live in a, a difficult time. Uh, things are challenging. Things are certainly much different this year than they've ever been before in regards to uh, a lot of things. And so, uh, so folks struggle. Well, man, I have a, a hard time getting into the Christmas spirit. But I would submit to you this morning that getting in the Christmas spirit and being ready for Christmas is far more than just buying presents, decorating a tree, putting up lights, sending out cards, attending Christmas activities. Uh, going and looking at the lights, all of those different kinds of things that we do. It is much, much more than that. Uh, I think about as we consider how hectic and busy times can be and how sometimes we have a hard time getting in the Christmas spirit. And most of us are familiar with the tune of the theme song to Friends. There's a show called Friends. If you don't know the show, you've probably heard the tune at some time just in passing or in some other ways. But I wonder if in hearing that, and it's that way with a lot of theme songs to, to television shows or movies or something of that nature, have we ever really listened to the words to that song? We, we hear the tune and we can come, hum along, but do we know the words? So, so here are a few of the words to that song that I think interesting at this time of year when we hear people say, I have a hard time getting into the Christmas spirit. It goes like this. So no one told you life was going to be this way. That's the first, first sentence. Your job's a joke. You're broke. Your love life is DOA. 
Okay, dead on arrival, right? It's like you're stuck in second gear. Those are the words. Now, we hum that to, you know, tune and we hear it and it's familiar to us, but oftentimes we don't think about the words that are there, you know. And basically what it's saying is your life is, is you know, in the, in the basement. Your life is, is difficult and challenging and, and things are not going your way, if you would. And sometimes we allow those kinds of things to keep us from getting into the Christmas spirit. From getting into the idea of of why Christmas exists and what it really means, or in that familiar phrase that we use, the reason for the season. And so this morning, what I want to talk to you about a little bit is the fact that that as we consider, are we ready for Christmas, and we consider getting in the Christmas spirit, is understanding what Christmas is really all about. God became a human being and God expressed His love for us by living among us, by walking with us, by talking to us. That's what Christmas really means. God coming in the flesh this time of year as an infant child and we know eventually what His life would be and what that would mean, but But I want you to understand that we can have Christmas even in in the face of difficulties. We can have the spirit of Christmas even in the face of challenges. We can have the Christmas spirit and we can be ready for Christmas even in a world where there's lots of turmoil, uh, there's lots of anger and bitterness, there's lots of uncertainty and doubt. And even in the midst of all of that, we can still have the Christmas spirit and we can still be ready for Christmas. So, here's the Christmas story. I want you to listen to it as I read it this morning. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit." She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name of Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, He did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. That's the story of Christmas. That's what Christmas is all about. It's about God choosing to come and live among us in a fleshly form And he didn't enter the world as an adult. He didn't come to the world 
with some power or significance or, or in some rule. He came as an infant. He came as a helpless child who needed to be loved and nurtured and cared for. As I think about that story, and I think about everyone who's involved and everything that unfolds, there's a character here that I'm just drawn to. There's a person here that I feel can teach us the things that we need to know to have the right attitude about Christmas, to to be ready for Christmas, to get in the Christmas spirit. And there are lessons that we can learn from him today about our attitude, and that is this guy named Joseph. He is an interesting character. He doesn't stand in the spotlight for very long. We, We don't know very much about him, but there is a lot that he can teach us about getting ready for Christmas and getting into the Christmas spirit no matter what's going on around us. There are three lessons that I want us to learn from him today. The first one is this, doing God's will whatever it might be. Doing God's will whatever it might be can help us get ready for Christmas and can help us to get into the Christmas spirit, being ready to accept God's will, whatever it might be, Joseph was open to the will and the leading of God. Let's put ourselves in his position for just a moment. Think about it. He was engaged to be married to Mary, and he thought that everything in his life was going good, headed in the right direction. He thought, here is Mary, I love her deeply, she loves me, they've made all of the preparations, their wedding is coming very soon, and and he's thinking, we're going to get married, I'm going to continue in my family business of carpentry, we're going to settle down in Nazareth, we're going to have a family, and we're going to live happily ever after. I would imagine that was his dream, I would imagine that 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 was the vision of of his future as he saw it with he and Mary. And then suddenly, Mary comes to him and says, Joseph, I've got something I need to tell you. And Joseph says, okay, what's up, Mary? Mary says, I'm pregnant. Wow, what a blow. What a bombshell that must have been. Think about how Joseph must have felt in that moment when all of his plans, all of his preparation, all of his future, everything that he was ready for was suddenly dealt a blow. He knew it wasn't his child. So the immediate understanding would have been that he had, she had been unfaithful to him. How devastating was that? How difficult must it have been to accept the news that the person that you love so much and you thought loved you so much and you were planning your future together and your life together and everything was going the way that it should suddenly says to you, I've been unfaithful. Now, not exactly what she said, but I'm sure that's what he heard. I'm sure that's the message that he received. But here's what I want you to know about Joseph. He was a righteous man. 
He was the right man God has selected to be the father of His Son. He loved Mary so passionately. The law said, because she had been unfaithful, she should be stoned to death. And thus Joseph says, I, I don't want that for her. I, I can't marry her, but I love her so much. And so the Scripture says that he had decided that he would divorce her quietly so that no one knew why they were not marrying and why they weren't together so, so that she wouldn't be stoned to death because he loved her. And while he was thinking about his options, while he was thinking about how he was going to tell his family, while he was thinking about how he was going to tell his best friend, while he was, was thinking about how he was going to pick up the pieces and put his life back together again, he was thinking about all of these things. The Scripture says an angel of the Lord came to him and delivered a message. And the message that the angel delivered was this, don't be afraid to take her as your wife. Everything's going to be okay. What has been conceived in her has been conceived by the Lord, the Holy Spirit. And you're going to have a son. And you're going to, here's the name that you're going to give him and all the things that are surrounding that. And the Scripture says that when Joseph woke from the dream, that he did exactly what the angel had instructed him to do. Being willing to do the will of God. Being willing to, to do what God directs us to do, even though we may not like it. Even though we may not think that's the best path for us. Even though that we may, may think that that's not really the, the answer to the problem. There's another way that I can handle this. There's something else that I can do. Lord, not that path. Not that way. But Joseph was willing to do the will of God, to obey the will of God, and the leading of God in his life, even though there are a lot of other paths available. Even though there were a lot of other avenues that he could have gone down. Even though there were many other things that he could have done in response to this situation, he said, I'm going to do what God asked me to do. Sometimes that's not easy. Sometimes it can be very difficult and challenging to do what God asks us to do. But if we will follow the will of God, if we will follow the leading of God and the direction of God, then it prepares our hearts to be ready for Christmas. It prepares us to get into the Christmas spirit. To have joy in a season where there is some controversy, where there is some difficulty, where there are challenges and there is illness and there is sickness and there is death and all of these things that surround it. We can still be in the Christmas spirit if we understand what it means for us to obey the will of God, to follow fully the will of God and the direction that He would have us to go. You see, Christmas comes as a time of peace, but there is conflict. Christmas comes as a time of joy, but there is so much sadness and sickness and death. Christmas comes as a time of love, but there is so much hatred in our world and division. And yet, how, how do I get ready for Christmas. How do I get in the Christmas spirit? We, like Joseph, probably cry out to God, and even though we're willing to follow Him, and even though we're willing to obey Him and do His will, we probably say, Why, God? Why? 
Why does it have to be this way? Why do we have to go down this path? Why does it have to be done like this? I can imagine there was a voice inside of Joseph. Even though he's willing to obey God, even though he was willing to follow his will and take his direction, that there was a long list of questions. God, why did you choose to do it this way? God, why, why do we have to go down this path? There's, there's going to be embarrassment. There, there's going to be you know, questions. There's going to be all of these things surrounding us. Why? But here's what I want you to know. Christmas happened because Joseph was willing to trust God. We need to be willing to trust God if we want Christmas to happen in our lives. If we want to be ready for it, and we want to be in the spirit of Christmas, then we simply need to trust God with whatever it is that's going on in our lives and going on around us. Second thing is this. Joseph gave us the example about genuinely caring about other people. When Joseph accepted the responsibility of Mary and Jesus, he accepted the responsibility of caring for the woman that he loved and caring for a child that was the Son of God. That's a pretty big responsibility. But he cared for them deeply, so deeply, that he was willing to make the sacrifices that were necessary He was willing to take the path that God had given. He had no idea when he said, okay, God, if this is what you want, I'll marry her and and we'll bring a son into this world and we'll name him Jesus and we'll call him Emmanuel and all of the things you've instructed us, Lord, we'll do that. He had no idea when he accepted that that it wouldn't be too long from then that he would be required to leave his home and to leave his work and, and his family and all the things that he was familiar with. He had no idea that he would have to flee by night in danger of of the baby's life as well as his and Mary's life uh, and and flee into Egypt in order to be protected in order to have some type of security for them. He had no idea that he would have to stay away from his family and his work and that was familiar and common to him. But here's what I want you to know. Joseph was willing to do that because he was willing to care about others. He was willing to care about Mary and Jesus, and, and the situation in which they found themselves. And he was willing to do that at sacrifice of his own comfort, of his own familiarity, of his own, own goals or direction for life. He was willing to do that to care for other people. We need to be willing to care for others. Even when it's difficult. Even when it's challenging. Even when it calls us to go in a direction other than we had planned. Or, or something that we, we hadn't thought that that's the way things would go for us in life. We still need to care about other people. I always think about the, the, the picture of the nativity. The manger scene, as we call it. And you know, here's Mary. And she's, she's by the manger and she's just glowing. And, and here are these shepherds over here. And they're just happy to be there. Here we, we see these wise men, and they're bringing gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. It's all a part of that. And then there somewhere conveniently placed nearby is Joseph. Not in the spotlight. Not in the center. He's just standing by because he cares for Mary and Jesus. And he has accepted the responsibility of caring for their lives no matter what direction that takes. Or what sacrifice it requires. He's willing to care for others. If we really want to get ready for Christmas. 
and we really want to be in the Christmas spirit, then we need to have a heart that says we're willing to care for others. And we're willing to sacrifice for others. We're willing to to go out of our way to meet the needs of others. I, I don't think anything can ever be said of a church more important than it is a church that really cares. It's a church that really cares about people. Reminded of the story of a guy by the name of Lou Gehrig. Maybe you've heard of him. He was the first baseman for the New York Yankees. He passed from this life on June 2nd, 1941 of ALS, which later became known as the Lou Gehrig's disease. And the reason that it took his name is that the doctors really didn't know how to treat it. And so he was in the hospital for a long time as they experimented with different drugs and different things that might would help with this. And um, trying to find one that would work and make a difference. But just before he passed, Lou called his good friend, Bob Constantine. And he came to the hospital to see him and he said, Bob, I've got great news. Bob said, what is it? He said, the boys in the lab have come up with a new serum and they're trying it out on ten of us. And it seems to be working really well with nine out of ten. Bob Constantine asked, is it working on you, Lou? And Lou answered and said, well, no, but nine out of ten. You've got to like those odds. He said that that is really a good thing. And he was genuinely joyful because nine out of ten were being helped. That kind of attitude is probably why Lou Gehrig is remembered with such fondness and great memories because he cared so much for others and was such a good friend. And God calls us in the example of Joseph to care for others to care about where they are in life, even at times putting that ahead of ourselves. Christmas came because Joseph cared about Mary and Jesus. It also came for us when we learned to care about others and really put them first in our lives. Third and final thing this morning is being willing to give whatever we have to give. Be willing to give of ourselves. Christmas came to Joseph because Joseph gave. He gave whatever he had to give. He didn't know that after Jesus was born, all of these things would happen, but he just kept giving. He kept giving of himself. He kept giving of, as we say often here, his time, talent, and treasure. He kept moving his family from place to place. He he kept sacrificing of himself. And he was willing to give whatever God asked him to give said, hey, I want you to give of your personal conviction that, that Mary, the, the baby that she's having, is conceived of the Holy Spirit. And no one had ever heard of that before. No, no one had ever experienced that before. And he was asking Joseph to trust him and to give of his personal conviction because everything within him, every fiber of his being would say, no. The only way a woman becomes pregnant is to be with a man. And she wasn't with me. She had to be with somebody else. Every fiber of his conviction, every fiber of who he was, was, would would cause him to think that way. And God said, I want you to give up on that. And understand, really, 
what's happened here. Joseph was willing to give. He, he, he said, I, I want you to, to care for Mary and Jesus and meet their needs. And he was willing to give over and over and over again. He saw the need for him to give of himself, to give from his resources, to give of anything that he could in order to care for Mary and for Jesus and to trust God and do what he had called him to do. Willing to give. How willing are we to give of that which God has blessed us with this time of year? When we give gifts, are we looking to get something in return? Do do we try to match our gifts with the value of what someone else is giving? Or do we just give? Do we just give out of our goodness? Do we just give out of our heart? Do we give out of our abundance? Do we give out of our blessing? Think about the story that's told of a little boy by the name of Johnny. He was a seventh grader. And Johnny was, was bigger than any of the other students in his Sunday school class. For some reason, he had grown in size, but not so much in intelligence. And so he had some limited mental capabilities, but he did get by, just barely, but he did get by. He was a little bit slower than others to catch on. He was a little bit slower than others to understand, but, but he was this big kid in the midst of all of these other kids in the seventh grade. Christmas time came and his class decided to put on the Christmas pageant. And since he was the biggest, Johnny was selected to be the innkeeper. And Johnny was given the instruction that as the innkeeper, he was kind of the villain in all of this. And when Mary and Joseph came to the door and they were looking for a place to, to stay, that he was to turn them away. And he needed to do so pretty firm, pretty direct, and he was given his instructions. And so they had practiced and they had prepared and they had all of the hand-sewn costumes and all of the backdrops were laid and they were ready for their big night. And the night came and the Christmas play and Mary and Joseph came to Bethlehem and they went to inn and they knocked on the door and Johnny opened the door and he said, what do you want? He was playing his part. Why are you bothering me in the middle of the night? And just as mean and gruff as he possibly could as a seventh grade boy. Joseph said, we need a room. We need a place to stay tonight. Well, you'll have to stay someplace else, Johnny said. Because there's no room in the inn. There's no room here for you. And so he had delivered his part. But then Joseph said, but my wife's expecting a baby and... Just any time now, is there some place where we can stay where we are protected from the elements and where she can deliver our child? And no, Johnny said, there's no room here for you. And suddenly there was silence. And everyone just kind of looked at each other. And then off stage, you could hear a voice. It was the director of the play. And she was prompting Johnny. And she said, Be gone. And Johnny just stood there and she said, Be gone. And finally Johnny gathered himself and realized he had one more thing to say. And Johnny, just as he said, Be gone. Mary and Joseph turned to walk away. But Johnny being a tender-hearted young 7th grader and not feeling that that was the exact right thing to do, 
finally said this. But wait, wait, wait a minute. You can have my room. Imagine the director of the play felt for a moment that everything was ruined, that all the plans and all the preparation, that's not how the story goes. But really, isn't it should? Shouldn't it be how the story goes? A willing heart that says, hey, I'm willing to give. You can have my room. You can have the room in my heart. You can have room in my life. You can have room to do whatever you want to do, God, because I trust you. And I'm willing to care for others. And I'm willing to give of myself and all that I have. And if we can learn those three lessons from Joseph, we can be ready for Christmas. And we can really get in the Christmas spirit of allowing God to come in and have our room, have our heart, and have our lives at this Christmas time. And so this morning, perhaps there's a decision on your heart. Maybe you need to give Him room. Maybe you need to welcome Him into your life. Maybe you need to make some changes. Maybe you need to be willing to trust Him more. Perhaps you need to be willing to care about others a little more. Maybe you need to give a little more. I don't know. But whatever decisions on your heart this morning, won't you come? If you have that decision, I'll walk with you through it. We'll talk through it. Do whatever we need to do. But won't you come as we stand and as we sing together?